Good morning. It is always good to be in front of you preaching the word. I don't take this position at this time very lightly. I always remind myself and remind you that James chapter 3, verse 1 says, Let not many of us be teachers, because teachers will be judged more strictly. It is in that vein that when I start to study and start to pray about what to preach, that I am reminded that I will be judged more strictly because of what I do in the next few minutes. So I will ask of you uh, to pay attention. If you need to take notes, please do. I know 99% of us have photographic memories and auditory listening and don't need to take notes, I urge you uh, to do that. Let that become a practice of yours. Before I begin, let me ask the Lord to use my, use my words. Thank you, God, for this morning. Thank you for what you have done in the study and through the Holy Spirit. Uh, thank you for the folks here this morning. I pray that I will be a mouthpiece to allow someone's heart to change. Someone to see you clear, clearer than they've ever seen you before. You are gracious. You are merciful. What we don't have right now, Lord, I pray you give us. And what we don't know, I pray you teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we have been in a series called Grace Renewed. And uh, is the series about prayer. Uh, the power of prayer, Jason talked about several prayer meetings he went through and discussed so that we could understand the power of prayer. Jo uh, Josh, Jeff last week showed us how we should pray based on Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6. We are speaking of corporate prayer, uh, meaning how we pray together. By the way, I grew up in an African-American, African church, and our preaching style and our reception is more dialogical, meaning we talk to the preacher. So feel free to talk to me as I am preaching. I'd I like to remind us to do that whenever I come here so it's not, it's an interaction, right? I had a buddy of mine who was preaching a sermon in a church in South Boston and he wasn't used to it. He was a white guy, went to an African-American church and he started preaching and people started talking to him. And one of, the, one of the people that was talking to him said, Pastor, I'm not sure that's what the passage is saying. What do you do with that? It caught him off guard, right? Don't do that to me. In the Christian life, there are very few things that are more important than prayer. Uh, no rhythm, more difficult to establish. More, no rhythm, more difficult to maintain. When we pray and we think of prayer, it seems as though a lot of things are working against us. Our time sometimes, our energy, whether we do it in the morning or do it in the evening or do it sometime during the day, our family commitments. Those of us who have children, you know, it could be a challenge. The season of life that we are in, whether we are struggling with anxiety and depression or going through joy, both of those seasons, sometimes we choose not to pray. Are you with me? Amen. 
It seems like there's so, so many things that can get in the way when we get to pray. Jesus gave us a template, and we sometimes forget. Prayer is both a personal and corporate activity. This series, I know, has been focused mostly on corporate prayer, and we will stay in corporate prayer today, meaning that we are driving attention to not necessarily creating a logical false dichotomy that says we must pray with a group or we must not pray at all. Some of us think we must pray alone or we do not pray at all. And some of us think we pray together or we do not pray at all. That is a false dichotomy, ladies and gentlemen. Logically, we are to pray both ways. Amen. So I'm going to spend some time this morning talking about the one side, the, the corporate prayer. Right? It will feel a little bit more... How do I say? A little bit teacher-ish and not preacher-ish this morning, but I will try to get there. Um, it's very important that we pray together. As Joseph so read two verses from Matthew 18, so that's where we are this morning. If you are in your devices, we're in Matthew 18. And if you enjoy paper cuts and lose your Bible like I do, we're in Matthew 18 as well. Um, Matthew 18... When I think of Matthew 18, I don't naturally think of prayer, right? If you've been in the church any amount of time, you know that when Matthew 18 comes up, you know somebody done messed up, right? <laughs> if you're not with me, let me explain. Matthew 18, the context of that passage is actually talking about conflict in, in the church. So whenever someone goes off the rails, we pull Matthew 18, right? It says, go to the person personally, right? And then invite someone else and then bring them to the group. And if they still don't respond, we have nothing to do with them. That's what Matthew 18 is about. So when I started looking and I said, you know what? I'm going to preach on Matthew 18 because when I think prayer, I think Matthew 18. Conflict and unity is what Matthew 18 is about. So we'll spend the time talking about unity this morning. Unity, by the way, of praying together. Now, in Matthew 6, we all know, and I don't mean to discard, that Jesus said in Matthew 6 that we should, when we pray, we should go alone, shut the door, and pray in there. So what am I telling you about praying together? Well, I'm going to emphasize corporate prayer and not choose sides. Like I said, both things work. In the 19th century, there was a great Christian preacher who led a church in London, called the, the Metropolitan Tabernacle. Uh, Charles Spurgeon was his name, very popular. He probably created the first mega church in the world. Thousands of people went to his church. Every week, he would give people a tour of his church building. And as he's touring the church and showing people uh, different rooms in the church, he saved the, last, the prayer room for the last minute. The last room, his, his sort of closing statement, and whenever he opened that door, there were hundreds of people in there praying. And he would say to his guests, this is the secret power of this church. Ladies and gentlemen, that secret power must not be just his church. It must be every church. It must be our church. Amen. It must be in this building. Amen. 
The secret power of his church was the communication line that was open constantly with God. We can plan and we can strategize in this life, but the power of churches, the power of Christians, come through a vibrant private and public prayer. Frequent prayer is what lifts us up to God. There are power. There is power in our words. Verse 18 says it best. It says, truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Right? Jesus is saying that the power of God is in you. And when you get together, that power multiplies. The power of prayer. I'm going to give you three things. Three reasons why we should pray together. The first thing I will say is that, one, when you pray, know who you are talking to. Know who you're talking to. You ever run run into somebody and you say something to them, especially when they're in authority and they say, you know who you're talking to? (laughs) Right? I remember one time, last fall, I went down to the, to, to the, to the jailhouse. I wanted to see somebody, and I was rushing in because I, I really wanted to get to, this, to see this person who, who, was in, who was incarcerated, and I was trying to walk past the security. I'm not normally a rule breaker, but I needed to get there, right? So I started walking past the security guard, and he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going in here. I want to see somebody. He said, the way I addressed him apparently wasn't, wasn't respectful enough. He said, you know who you're talking to? My other side wanted to say, yeah, you got on a uniform, but I want to see somebody. But my respectful side says, yes, you are the authority here, and I need to respect you. When we talk to God, he is our father. Jason showed us a graphic two or three weeks ago about the universe and the stars, right? He made all of that and still had time to make you. First point. Praying together encourages unity among us. It strengthens our faiths. It fosters intimacy. First Thessalonians says, encourage one another and build each other up when you pray. When we, when we pray together, when you hear other people praying, right, in your mind, you should be either helping that person get that prayer across the line, if you will, by amen in them, by mm-mm in them, right? That's okay, right? It doesn't need to be quiet. The room of prayer doesn't need to be quiet and one person praying at a time, right? I hear people, but I need to hear people. A couple of falls ago, I don't know what it was. I think it was October of 2018. Patty, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, Patty was going through cancer. And, and one night, I don't know if Cordelia is here. One night I had a dream, and I, this is the first time I've shared this dream. Um, I'm sitting there, and there was, there was kind of like horses taking, taking, taking a casket. And then the words came, you need to pray for Patty. I didn't tell anybody, but I told Miss Cordelia. And Cordelia and I, that, I remember that afternoon, we sat there and we prayed. I think it was September or October that fall, and we prayed. And I was on my way to go see Patty that afternoon. And I didn't tell Patty this that, that day. And I sat with Patty, and we started praying. 
And we prayed and prayed. And at that point, Patty was really frail. Right? I'd never seen her so frail. And I prayed. And when she prayed, I got in line and said, Lord, can you answer her prayer? Because whatever we bind here on earth, we bind in heaven. We sat in an apartment and prayed. See, when you pray in a group, it's really difficult to be angry with somebody. It's really difficult to acknowledge someone's prayers when you've got some kind of beef with them. When you pray together with people, you want to agree with them. Not every time, right? Let me just give a little caveat on the other side. Not every time, I know people are waiting for it, right? Not every time do we agree with everybody's prayers. Amen? I don't know, I was 27 or 28. I wasn't married and I went back home. I probably shared this story before. And there was a lady there who had a single daughter and she wanted her daughter to marry me. I didn't think that was a good idea. <laughs> she, she held my hand. She held the girl's hand. She started praying. Lord Jesus, bring them together. My eyes are wide open. And I said this. I said, Lord, answer her prayer, but let her find a husband. That's not me. So we can still agree, but agree in a way that is understood. Amen? You with me? When people stop praying, sadly, you lose touch with God. When you start to read, when you stop to read, your, when you stop reading your Bible, you start to lose touch with God. We come here and we sing, our God is able, but when we leave, we do nothing. Our faith can be shown when we pray together. I, I, I've, I've been here long enough now that sometimes I sit and I hear stories of young people who have fallen away and say, I don't believe in God. Right? When I sit with those people and I ask them, have you been reading your Bible? Have you been praying? Have you been praying by yourself or together? And the answer is always no. You're encouraged when you pray with other people. I know social media now has presented, by the way, social media, I'm not bashing it, it's amoral, the things that we do on it, that's what makes it the way it is, right? It's a system, it's a great thing to communicate, it's, it, it works, it's wonderful, but it promotes this false sense of intimacy amongst us, right? When someone, when someone puts a prayer request out there, we can put a little heart on it or we can put a little praying on it, but do you actually pray? The intimacy with, that comes with praying with people matters. Prayer together strengthens our faith. Amen. You heard the Edward family this morning when, they, when, they, when he prays and he prayed and I went to his house and he's able to go through these difficult circumstances. You can't tell me that doesn't strengthen your faith. Amen. You cannot tell me losing a family member half a world away with kids that doesn't strengthen your faith. Amen. Second thing, prayer expands our perspective. Prayer expands our perspective. Praying alone can make our view of the world more narrow. 
it can also create a bias that we cannot see. That it creates a bias so we, we can't see outside of ourselves when we pray. So these verses say, when, where two or three are gathered, there I will be. When you're with people and you hear people's prayers, it eliminates your biases, right? When you make decisions to go into prayer with people who, aren't, who don't look like you, who don't act like you, who aren't the same age as you, you see things differently. You, your prayers are enhanced when you hear other people pray. I spend a lot of times praying in groups, obviously, because I'm, I'm a pastor. We spend a lot of times praying in groups, and sometimes I just like to hear people pray. I don't like to create the dichotomy that Africans pray better than Americans because I don't think that's true. I think that Africans are more demonstrative in their prayers. I had never prayed sitting down until I got to America. Some of you have never prayed not sitting down. I always stood up, walk, that's okay, or get on your knees and pray to the God who created you. Denzel Washington says this. He says, whenever I go to sleep, I put my bedroom slippers way underneath my bed. So when I get up in the morning, I got to get on my knees and pray to the Lord. When you're surrounded by people giving thanks for their life, they giving thanks for others, giving thanks, you can't help but give thanks. Amen. You see the requests of others and you say, man, how can I meet that need? How can I pray with that person? We don't pray selfish prayers when we're praying in groups. Between the age of 12 and 28, I had a very unforgiving heart. And I used to pray in private that God would keep the man who killed my dad alive so I could kill him. I never prayed that prayer in group. You can't pray revenge prayers in a group. You have to pray honest prayers when you're with people. Amen. Amen. Number three, prayer teaches us, teaches us to pray. Praying together teaches us to pray. Praying together teaches us how to pray. Amen. Sometimes we have this perspective or this idea that we need to practice how to pray in private to bring it to the big leagues, if you will, to pray with people. That's not it. You actually learn to pray with people so that you can go and pray individually. Amen. Group prayer is also a form of discipleship. When a young Christian, when someone becomes a Christian and they're learning, some people will say, man, I don't even know how to pray, right? Because they're in, they're in, a, little, they're in, in a little place and they're trying to pray by themselves. Well, they need to come to believers people who have been down the road, and to show them how to pray. You understand what I'm saying, right? When people hear you pray and see other people pray, they learn to pray. How did you learn to talk? Were you by yourself the whole time? Right? My kid is just learning how to talk. You know how she learns to talk? Because we talk. You know how she's going to learn to talk to God? Thank you very much, George, right? When we pray. We acquire language when we pray in group. It binds us. So let me get to the points where people feel a little bit more, things that hinder us when we go into group prayer. 
What, what, as Jeff would say, what jams the gears? What intimidates us when we get in a group of four or five people? The fear of opening up, opening up and praying in a circle, right? What, 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 what is that fear? The great American philosopher and poet, Marshall Mathers, says, sometimes your arms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy, right? It's vomiting. Up. <laughs> when, you're sitting in a, when you're sitting in a prayer group and your turn is coming, you start to feel that way, right? Your palms get sweaty. What am I going to say? You start to get nervous. Here's why. Because you are praying for people, and you're not praying for people. Somebody got on. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. You are praying for people. But you're not praying for people. Here's what I mean. You are praying for people's approval. That's why your palms are sweaty. But you're not praying for people who are in the group. Right? You are praying. You're looking at who's with you. You're not looking at who's in your midst. Oh, man. You are praying with people, but you're not thinking who's in the midst. You know who's in your midst? Anywhere there's two or three people who's there. That's who you should be praying to. That's who you should be praying with. Don't pray for people. Pray for people. Thank you, Patty. If you need to concentrate, you can always close your eyes. God is in our midst. And where he is, where his presence is, we must acknowledge that. I was talking to Juan this week about prayer, and he said, I was saying, I said, sometimes when I'm praying in an African circle, I can barely get a word in. But sometimes when I pray with Westerners, it kind of gets a little awkward silence, right? So much so that sometimes I have to break that silence by saying, when it gets awkward, I will close. Y'all ain't praying. Listen, Juan was saying, and, and it's exactly right, that when people are praying, there's like an elbow session, like, I got to get in. I got to get a word in. I got to get a word in, right? When you pray, by the way, when I was studying for this sermon, I was talking, we talked to the preaching team. I'm like, God, I'm really struggling trying to find how am I going to talk about corporate prayer? How am I going to talk about it to Americans? How am I going to talk about it? You know what I was doing? I was looking at Western sources. And I said, you know what? I got to go back to the folks. Hey, I got to go back to the Koreans, right? I got to go back to the Africans, go back to the South Americans, right? Right? It's not like they, don't, they, they do it differently. They just, they, they just do it, they just do it more, more deliciously. <laughs> people pray. When you, when, you, when, you, when you get into a group of people that don't look like you, you learn. That's discipleship. Nobody's, old, nobody's too old to be discipled. I'm about to start sweating. Nowadays, I spend a lot of my time going to politicians. Don't ask me why, but I go to political meetings in my neighborhood just trying to get known. Thursday night, I'm sitting there in, in, in my neighborhood ward meeting with my council lady, and I, I was thinking, man, this job, her job is really hard because the, the predominant amount of people who show up to council meetings, who show up to, to public, public places, is just a yell at the council member, right? They want to get their voice heard. It's angry people. Everybody's trying to get their voice in. And I thought... What about prayer? When we get, when we get in, in, in the midst, when we, start, when, we, when we start praying, people get quiet. But when you're with your council member, 
you start seeing all your needs. When you come to God, you get quiet. Oh, man. Right? Jump in. Jump in and pray. Sometimes, and if I put my feet on somebody's couch here, I'm putting my feet on somebody's couch. When, when sometimes when cultures clash, and they always clash in here because we're a multi-ethnic church, right? When I walk into the African, African community group and they're praying, you hear everybody at the same time. Everybody's going. Everybody's talking to God, but they're in groups. Sometimes when a Westerner walks in there, it's a, it's a different feel. It's like, I really want to hear people's prayer. I get that, right? We want to do, do it orderly. There is no wrong way, right? You ever seen the movie Bruce Almighty? <laughs> when he asked for God's powers, and then God said, okay, here you go. And then he has to answer prayers. And the prayers keep coming in his inbox. Just can't, he just can't get to it. He can't get to it. It's, he can't, you know, it's just coming, right? Sticky nose prayers. And he's like, I can't do this. I don't know how you do this, God. There's no red light, green light. God takes them. God sees them, right? He can hear them. Bring them on. Bring them on, right? That's the cultural difference. doesn't mean one side is right or wrong. Amen? Can I free us from that thinking? Praying together. Africans, we get loud and boisterous. We get bold. You know, we start, you know, man, when an African prays, sometimes you think God is in that, God's coming, like, right now. <laughs> right? He's coming. Prayers, the different styles of prayer, as we look to it, can be, can be difficult to understand. But I want you to sit with people who pray. For a long time in my life, especially for a year there, I, I was praying prayers that never got answered. Sometimes we're ashamed to pray the prayers that we have doubts about, that God can actually answer this prayer. So we don't pray that prayer in public. We don't pray that prayer amongst people, right? If you're looking for a spouse, that's, you don't pray that prayer. It seems like you don't pray that prayer with a group, right? When, when I was praying and hoping that my, my father would still be alive, my siblings would still be alive in the war, I was scared to pray that prayer in public. By the way, we prayed every, every day during the war at 12 o'clock. And listen, you get to the point where your prayer is the only thing you have, man, you show up to a prayer meeting, right? Listen, 12 o'clock every day I was in that prayer meeting. So one, I had to go look for food for us to eat, and two, I had to go look for water, and I had to leave the house, and there was no guarantee I was coming back. So you know I wasn't going to miss no prayer meeting. When you have nothing else to depend on, you show up to prayer meetings. When you can solve your problems with money most of the time, when you can, you can, you can strategize your way to God, or you can, you can say these kind of things, you don't show up to prayer meetings. Folks, show up to prayer meetings. Last thing I would say about how prayer teaches us to pray, you get to see how other people pray. I'm not pointing at anybody in the room, but I will say this. Let's not pray informational prayers where you're talking to somebody in the group, but you're not talking to that person in the group. <laughs> Lord, please help Sherry remember to bring this and that, and this and that, and this and that. <laughs> That's an informational prayer. <laughs> Lord, please help this person remember this. Lord, please. You're really telling that person where you're putting it in a form of prayer. Oh, Lord, you got that prayer's cousin, the gossip prayer. 
you know, Lord help so-and-so because they got such and such going on and I don't know how to fix it. You're really gossiping about somebody and you need to stop. Right? That's a gossip prayer. The other prayer is a show-off prayer. I got this, I got that, I got, I'm thanking God, but I'm really telling everybody what I have. You got to stop those prayers too. I'm sure there's many of those. As I close this morning, I just don't want to talk about the things we do or we don't do in prayer. I want to leave you with some tools on how to pray. Amen. Amen. When I talk to young Christians, they, they, often the question they ask me is, how do I address God? What do I call him? Especially if you've never had a father. You can call God your father. You can call him dad. Amen. You can call him papa. Amen. You can call him Abba Father. Amen. Somebody's crying for their dad. Some of you may not know this, but God has names. And he gave those names to Old Testament writers and, and, and prophets. And here are some of his names. If you need to know how to call God, you can call him Adonai, which means Father or Lord, Genesis 15. You can call him El Roy, which means the strong one, the one who sees. Amen. So if you don't think God sees you, he has a name, El Roy. He does see everything. You can call him Jehovah Jireh. This is one of my favorites, right? The Lord, the provider, right? Some Americans don't know this one, but God is a provider, right? I prayed to Jehovah Jireh, man, when I was struggling, right? When things were tough, right? When desperate times come, God is your provider, Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. If you're looking for healing, amen, somebody's in here. Amen. We'll mess around and become Pentecostals today. Uh, Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, right? If you're, if you're troubled in mind and heart, you can pray to the God of peace, right? El Shaddai, God Almighty, amen? That, those are just a few names for God that you can call them, you can pray, you can say, you can cling to. Amen. For those of you who prefer the outline form of prayer, here's, here's a way that you could pray that, that gets, to, gets to God. If you can remember the acronym, A-C-T-S, amen, ACTS, right? The first part of your prayer can be a prayer of adoration, meaning you're giving God the glory for who he is, yes. right? You can open your prayer in that way. God, thank you for who you are. You created the heavens and the earth. You created me. You're not going to leave me. Right? C, confession. Yes. You can admit your sin, admit your shortcomings, and ask for forgiveness. That's the second part of a prayer. T, thanksgiving. You can thank him for all the wonderful things that he's done. Right? When I used to pray, younger, when, when I was young and I used to pray, I used to pray this prayer. Oh, God, thank you for hot water. Oh, God, thank you for a bed. Oh, God, thank you for shoes. Those, those are things I didn't have growing up. Right? So I thank God for those things. You may, not, you may not get to that point where you're thanking God for those things, but guys, those things are miracles. Give God the thanks for things that he's doing. The last part of that is ask supplication. This is when you ask for things from God. This is when you ask for things for yourself or for others. Amen. You can pray. Some of you equate, equate praying with asking. Praying is not always asking, Amen. right? You can give God the adoration, you can confess, you can give things, and then you can ask. You don't always have to ask when you pray, right? That's a simple way of praying to God.
If you're sitting in a group and you're still still, still your palms are still sweaty, you say, I don't know, really know what to say, you can open up your Bible and your Bible apps and actually pray a psalm when you're in a group. If you want specific psalms, I'll give you Psalm 120 to 134. Any one of those are psalms of a sense. You can pray those and you can open your Bible and just pray that when you're struggling for words. God has done so many things. The reason you're sitting here today in this seat is because of somebody's prayer. Because somebody prayed, some group prayed that you're here, right? Prayer sets everyone free. When Jesus was, was about to head to the cross, he sat with his disciples and he prayed. And then he went off to pray by himself. So he didn't meet, make any part of that mutually exclusive. He said, you can pray together or you can pray by yourself. Jesus died so that we just don't sit around and get nervous when we pray. Yes. We can pray in the name of Jesus. Yes. He says, there I am in the midst of two or three people. There I will be. And anything you ask, it will be done by your Father in heaven. God gets all the glory. Bow your heads with me. Thank you, Father God, for this morning. Thank you for your love. Thank you for prayer. Lord, I pray that someone receives something. Someone received the freedom to pray in group this morning. Someone received the freedom to open their mouth and pray. God, I thank you for what you are doing, what you continue to do in this church. The growth, the people, the new faces, the new believers, God. The new discipleship prospects all over, oh God. We just thank you, oh Lord. I thank you for this Sunday. I pray that you use the words that I just spoke to change lives. This is not me. It is you. In Jesus' name, amen.